2: Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And today I'm going to talk about France's empire during the Second World War and the changes that the war brought uh, upon the empire and the divisions between uh, the Vichy uh, France-controlled aspects of the French Empire and those controlled by uh, Free France. In 1939, Britain and France controlled between them the two largest colonial empires in the world. The uh, crisis that befalls France in the summer of 1940, the invasion of France by Germany and the uh, defeat of France, the uh, creation of a new sympathetic fascist regime uh, in the guise of uh, the Vichy regime led by uh, Marshal Philippe Pétain, and uh, Prime Minister Pierre Laval, uh, and uh, the uh, withdrawal of the British Expeditionary Force at Dunkirk, create um, a situation that the British, fortunately for them, never have to endure, and the British Empire never has to go through. Um, a the fr- France essentially has um, a, an occupation of France, a civil war which is only fought uh, out in on French soil after D-Day uh, and, and really prior to that it's a civil war uh, that spans the, the French Empire itself. Uh, when the tide of war turned and it was clear that uh, the Nazi Empire would be defeated and Vichy France would be overthrown, free French military plans began to think of the future. In January 1944 um, the governors of the Free French Empire uh, met in Brazzaville in uh, French Equatorial Africa and they began to think about uh, the post consolidation of the empire. Now I'm reading today from Fight or Flight by Martin Thomas, a book I've uh, spoken about uh, before. It's a, a, an excellent read and it's the uh, examination of the British and French empires and decolonisation after the war. He writes, uh, with an empire racked by internal division and violence, the ebullience of French imperialism in 1945 seems puzzling. Whereas, uh, the, uh, whereas over the ensuing decades Britain would adjust, albeit painfully, to America's new colonial dominance, successive French governments reacted in contrary fashion, equating retention of empire with resurgent international power. It was, after all, the colonies that made free France credible, not just as a political force, but also as a territorial entity, particularly as is the case during the Second World War. Even though, in terms of volume and value, French colonial trade improved sharply over the course of 1944. In purely monetary terms, France's empire was not generating foreign exchange revenues comparable to the sums derived from British territories. So it was perhaps unsurprising that de Gaulle's senior advisers viewed imperial affairs in instrumental terms. In the months preceding the D-Day landings, this boiled down to one simple calculation. Colonial reforms should enhance French power, not diminish it. So the colonial reforms that the British uh, considered in Malaya after the war, in the belief that they would hang on to Malaya, uh, and in other parts of the uh, the British Empire, were uh, a reckon, recognition that uh, certain things were going to be inevitable, certain um, devolution, at least, of power, certain shifts towards something closer to dominion status were more likely, the British uh, were entertaining uh, at cabinet level, uh, obstructed really by Churchill, the possibility of dominion status for India, by 1939-1940. The French were really peddling in uh, the opposite direction, and the irony was that France was uh, in a far worse shape than Britain at the end of the Second World War. So what can account for uh, this uh, hubris on the part of of the French, the desire to... um, stake out a place at the world's top table, when really the USA and the Soviet Union were crowding out all competitors. Well, uh, Britain obviously had similar uh, ambitions, if uh, less pronounced uh, and perhaps slightly more realistic ambitions. The real difference between the British and the French is that the British emerged from the war with a national myth that supported the idea of the lone underdog nation, Fighting against all odds uh until um the Latelys of the u s a and the u s s r came to to do their bit, however fantastic all that actually sounds this is uh, the the kind of the story that the British weave for themselves. The French story is one of national humiliation, and the empire was uh, as much about national esteem and national pride. As it was about geopolitics, as it was about economics, it was about restoring the honor of france in um fight uh, not fight or fight, I beg your pardon. in uh, forgotten wars uh, by Harper and Bailey they talk at length about the um politics of Vietnam in nineteen forty five and the outlook of uh, French colonists who had emerged from Japanese internment and concentration camps, often liberated by uh, a Sikh or Hindu or Muslim soldier from um, the Indian army, the British-led Indian army, which had crossed over from Burma, and the sense of humiliation of being imprisoned by what French colonists viewed as inferior Asians, have been rescued by the colonists viewed as being inferior Asians and then having the threat of their country being, or the country as they saw it um, being handed over to uh, inferior Asians in the guise of the Vietnamese was too much for their uh, egos to bear Uh, and the knowledge that the the mother country France itself had been overrun by the the hated German enemy meant that... um, In 1945, uh, France had a great deal uh, to prove um, French um, colonists, uh, imperialists, and militarists had a great deal to claw back in terms of national self-esteem. The the meeting in Brazzaville in January 1944 um, was about the preservation of the French Empire And the uh, plans that were put forward for restructuring, uh, for economic diversification uh, and development um, and for uh, greater electoral representation uh, within the colonies and um, greater uh, rights of the uh, native peoples of those colonies uh, within the empire in general. Was really what we would think of as being a kind of a f- set of francophone initiatives. This was uh, about creating French citizens around the world uh, was about making colonial subjects more French, more culturally and linguistically French uh, than than previously. Now this had been a a principle of the French Empire from the nineteenth century onwards. That um, are in line with kind of roughly with French revolutionary principles that citizenship of the empire meant citizenship of France. But there was always a colour bar uh, in Africa and Asia that non white colonists, non white colonial subjects. Uh, were only able to advance so far. Their citizenship only meant so much, and the naked hypocrisy of this was one of the factors that fueled um, independence movements. There were a great many um, nationalists in Vietnam or Algeria or sub-Saharan Africa that considered. Uh, working within the empire, or existing within the empire, perfectly acceptable. But uh, as the reality of uh, official and unofficial racism became more abundantly clear, there were far more uh, nationalists who drifted towards full independence from the empire. Martin Thomas writes, The colonial myth that keeping empire intact was somehow pivotal to French grandeur was not confined to the Gaullist right, despite its self-proclaimed role as arch-defender of France's historical greatness. The imperialist reflex was prevalent throughout the political community in liberated France. Even the communist leadership, rhetorically anti-colonial, to be sure, was not immune. Why? The unique circumstances of France's wartime defeat, liberation and reconstruction offer some explanation. France's acute weakness, compared with its major allies in 1945, nurtured the presumption that empire was fundamental to French recovery. So here we have an interesting state of affairs. Uh, the French Communist Party, as mentioned there, uh, committed to uh, decolonisation. The French Communist Party obviously, very vociferous organisation during the uh, Algerian War of Independence, Happen in a decade or so later um, but was still in nineteen forty five willing to compromise on the the issue of the empire. French communists looked upon the empire as a resource too valuable to simply let go, and that there would be a uh, flow of resources and manpower and material. To France uh, in the long run, this obviously really uh, trampling over pretty much uh, every ideal that the party had espoused of solidarity between workers of the world. It was clear in this instance that uh, colonial workers were not considered as important as French na- uh, uh, French native workers uh, themselves in the eyes of the communist party. Which, yeah. Uh, betrays a staggering hypocrisy. France is-
1: I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Actions in Syria between 1944 and 1946 tell an interesting story. Um, The French negotiated uh, treaties of independence with um, Syria and Lebanon in 1936. However, uh, communal unrest, which came uh, alongside the uh, Arab revolt against the British in Palestine, um, for a better story of, of all of that, read uh, James Barr's A Line in the Sand, uh, an excellent read uh, about how Uh, The British and the French tried to mutually undermine one another in in the Middle East. Um, Anyway, so back to the point. Um, The uh, French used um, ethnic violence um, and uh, anti-colonial struggles in um, Lebanon and Syria as an excuse in 1936 to uh, postpone um, decolonisation and the transfer of power. And they continued this uh, tactic... During the Second World War, the Vichy regime and then the Free French uh, both postponed and uh, obfuscated the Syrian independence movement. And in November 1943, uh, the Lebanese and Syrian parliaments both decided to declare independence unilaterally. And uh, this made French rule in uh, the the Levant look uh, almost impossible. In Beirut and Damascus, uh, crowds cheered through uh, the uh, claims to sovereignty and refused to accept uh, French imperial rule uh, any longer. Um, even though this was, uh, they attempted to reimpose this with uh, immense violence. The British had no love whatsoever for their neighbours in Syria, uh, the, uh, the, the, both the Vichy and the Free French. Um, and when the Free French government was installed, relations between the British and the the Free French uh, in Syria were uh, pretty, pretty abysmal. Um, They got significantly worse from July 1944 onwards when de Gaulle established a provisional government in Paris uh, and looked upon uh, Britain's plans for the Middle East with uh, immense suspicion. Um, the British drew up a plan for a, a, a greater Syria as part of the, um, uh, the uh, partition of Palestine, which ceded some territory uh, from Syria to the new uh, Palis- divided Palestine mandate. de Gaulle flew into a rage and believed that this was um, a war that was being waged Against the new French Republic, and that the British had double-crossed the French already. As matters deteriorated in Syria, so the, the sense of French humiliation uh, once returned, which, would, uh, as we've seen so far, shaping for French uh, decision-making, the relationship between the British and the French almost completely breaks down over Syria, and this is even before the Second World War has uh, actually ended. Um, attempts uh, by the French to stave off uh, Syrian and Lebanese independence were uh, hampered by um, the British um, attempts in the region to accelerate the process. The uh, British actually wanted to speed up French decolonization because they believed the French, so hated by the Syrians, were a uh, force fueling Arab nationalism across the region. The irony, of course, is that the Americans were trying to speed up uh, British decolonisation over Palestine, or certainly would do uh, a couple of years later. And um, so nobody really emerges from this without the accusation of extreme hypocrisy. But I suppose that's imperialism for you, really. The um, nationalist opposition to the French was so widespread and Britain's, uh, Britain's military presence in Syria and in Palestine was so overwhelming that the French had uh, very little chance of holding on and the possibility of a shooting war between the British and the French over Syria was uh, certainly certainly prevalent. Uh, the French had uh, a tiny garrison compared to the uh, British army in the Middle East. So the uh, hostility between the British and the French in the Middle East was one exacerbating factor, but the new imperialism of the French Fourth Republic, only uh, a few months old by this point, was uh, another. As we've already seen, there were in- enormous... Um, There was an almost cross-political consensus for uh, a revived imperial project. The British were interested overall in controlling and maintaining uh, imperial uh, control over the Middle East after the end of the Palestine mandate. And the French were uh, considered to be a force likely to disrupt this Uh, either by claiming territory for themselves or fueling nationalism to such an extent that the entire region became unmanageable for any uh, European colonial power. Three weeks after the end of the Second World War in Europe, French artillery pounded the uh, Syrian Parliament building in Damascus after weeks of clashes between the French army and the new uh, Syrian security forces uh, on the streets of the capital. The uh, new um, self-declared Syrian government believed that its own security forces were the truest evidence of independence. Uh, The French were determined to retain control over Syria, even if The symbolic value of this far outweighed any economic gains that it could accrue. Um, The general in charge, Ferdinand uh, Oliver Roger, um, decided that the Syrians, in the language of General Dyer in Amritsar in 1919, needed to be taught a good lesson, and hundreds of Syrians were killed. Uh, The colonial troops, uh, the French colonial troops from uh, North uh, and West Africa were um, employed in burying um, Syrian dead uh, police and uh, protesters in mass graves. And so it's become difficult to this day to calculate exactly how many people died. And the British Middle East Army Command, who were the ultimate military force within the region, then controlled, uh, took full control of Syria in order to stop the bloodshed the um, uh, British army uh, confined the French army to its barracks, overwhelming it uh, enormously, a source of immense resentment and anger to the French, and the uh, imposition of martial law across Syria um, did something to uh, arrest the violence. But uh, by this point, um, negotiations uh, could be put back on track for the handover of power from France to Syria, but France's actions had effectively killed the Syrian mandate dead. If France wanted to control Syria from this point onwards, it would have to do so by pouring tens if not hundreds of thousands of troops into the country in order to pin down a, uh, a national revolt, um, which would be ongoing. So France learned a, a a lesson here. Well, actually, France didn't learn a lesson here, as Algeria and Vietnam would later show. But the lesson that France might have learned here was that, firstly, decolonisation would be a largely inevitable process following the crises of the Second World War. The second lesson was that France could not expect to rule colonies, a much weakened power, um, and uh, could not expect to rule colonies through the barrel of a gun any longer. And thirdly, that the restoration of national pride could not be achieved realistically through uh, a resurgent empire. But it would take another twenty years, really, for this to be uh, something that the uh, that France would finally grasp. The uh, failure of the uh, French army at Dien Bien Phu would be the end to France's colonial dreams. But because France didn't learn these lessons, the French population at large, the French political classes, and certainly the French army, and France's colonists around the world, it redoubled France's resolve to hang on in places such as Algeria and Vietnam, and they would fight far harder and for much, much longer, uh, and be far more intransigent when it came to talks with people such as Ho Chi Minh. Syria also shows that the British had a a longer game in the Middle East. They were aware that certain pieces, like the Palestine mandate, would be taken out of play. But they knew that if they presented themselves as the protectors of the uh, Arabs in Syria, that it would with Arab popular opinion, looked far better, and it was uh, a way of conveniently undermining France to force France from the region altogether, and the French were not um, uh, blind to this, and helped to fund Zionist terrorist gangs in the Palestine Mandate between 1945 and 1948. Okay, well I hope you found that useful and interesting, Uh, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Do remember to check out the Explaining History Facebook group, so if I look for the Explaining History podcast Facebook group, come and say hi, have a chat, and if you can find uh, the time to pop by our Patreon page to fund us, uh, we rely on a tiny trickle of advertising revenue and the generosity of our patrons. So, Look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care. All the best. Bye bye.